This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 153, episode 153 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. As you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some super duper podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, the Marky P Show, Those Girls You Know, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, Burnt Toast, It's Always Something with JD, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, and a brand new podcast called Rambling with Purpose. Of course, you can go check out Big Night Breaks if you're into sports cards. They break sport cards every, what, Monday through Friday? I think they even did one on Saturday this week. But Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, go check that out. You can also go check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday as well to get yourself some free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live. And don't forget to go to BigNightShop.com and collect your banner banter podcast merchandise. So... How's everyone doing? Hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope everyone enjoyed the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for winning the Super Bowl. But more importantly, congratulations to Dr. Dre. Congratulations to Snoop Dogg. Congratulations to Kendrick Lamar. Congratulations to Mary J. Blige. Congratulations to Eminem and Anderson Pac and 50 Cent and everyone that was a part of that halftime show because that was awesome. It was incredible. Maybe not as good as Prince many, many moons ago, but that was up there with top five of all time. That was awesome. Really, really cool. But let's talk about the Boston Celtics. That's what we're here for. As always, as always, as always, we'll talk about the current state of the Boston Celtics. We'll do stud and dud of the week. And then we'll talk about an Instagram post or an Instagram story from January 21st. And I'll preview the upcoming games this week for the Boston Celtics right before the All-Star break. So as of right now, the Celtics are currently 33-25, and 25, a half game up on the Toronto Raptors for the sixth seed. That's right, folks. As of right now, the Celtics do not, do not have to play in the play-in game. Wow, who would have thought? I mean, you look in January, we were trying to maybe get into the play-in game. It's crazy how much has has, uh, shifted uh, since then. They're only two games out of the fifth seed and two and a half games out of the three seed. Like, are you kidding me? They have 24 games left, and according to tankathon.com, they have the 12th easiest schedule left in the NBA. The only other teams in the Eastern Conference that are kind of in the same playoff mix as them that have easier schedules are the Cavs and the Raptors. So keep that in mind. Now, for tiebreaker purposes because i love to spiral and we're ready to go and i'm i'm almost there ready ready to buy back in with this boston celtics team fully but i'm just not there yet just being honest but they own the tiebreaker right now two games to one over the toronto raptors with one game to play so if they win that 
they win that tiebreaker. So if the Raptors and the Celtics have the same record, the Celtics will get the higher seed. See how tiebreaking works? That's great. They are down 1-2 to versus the 76ers with one game to play. If they do tie, it will be whoever has the most wins within the division. So that's against the Raptors and the Nets and the Knicks and the 76ers and or Celtics, depending on which team you're talking about. They're up two games to one against the Milwaukee Bucks. They are tied one to one with the Bulls. They each have one game left with the Bucks and the Bulls, and they have won the tiebreaker against the Cavs and the Heat. So not too bad. So there is a possibility if the East kind of gets a little crazy and all these teams start having the same record so you could see the Celtics start slowly moving up but last week they beat the Brooklyn Nets to 126 to 91 and again just real quick I apologize for not doing a podcast last Monday I was out in LA for a work conference which was great it was great to meet a bunch of new people uh, but you can check out episode 152 which gives you a complete breakdown of the trade deadline which i'll talk about in a, in a couple seconds but yeah last week they beat the brooklyn nets 126 to 91 then they beat the nuggets at the garden on friday night 108 to 102 and then they beat the atlanta hawks yesterday 105 to 95 this week they're playing the philadelphia 76ers in philly on tuesday night and then they're back at home on wednesday night uh against the detroit pistons at 7 30 now after this back-to-back set that they have this week there's only four back-to-back games remaining for the celtics which is great news um yeah and then we have the all-star break and jason tatum was announced he'll be returning as a starter to the nba all-star game replacing kevin durant and he was also drafted by kevin durant as well uh as of right now there's no injuries to report and for those of you that didn't check out episode 152 of the banner banter podcast that came out on thursday night around seven o'clock go check that out for a full recap of what the celtics did at the nba trade deadline just real quick if you missed it the celtics traded josh richardson romeo langford and two first round draft picks for Derek white and then they also traded dennis schroeder and his freedom and bruno fernando for daniel tice but with that being said and because i'm very happy about the celtics trade deadline let's just get right into stud and dud of the week hit the music and now it is time for the celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 153 of the Banner Banter Podcast. The stud of the week is Derek White. And maybe that's too soon or a little bit over the top, but to be honest with you, I really don't give a fuck. Since he's come back, he's been averaging 28 minutes a game, shooting 38% from the field and 29.5% from three, which isn't ideal. But he he wasn't brought here for shooting, folks. He was brought in here to be the sixth man to really kind of add to the mix and help lead this team and the second unit going forward. His first game with the team, he came in, he scored 15 points and six rebounds, two assists, and then against the Hawks yesterday, 14 points, five assists, two steals, and four rebounds. Now, the only thing that was pretty negative about that, he shot 10 three-pointers and only shot two of 10 against the Hawks. Really not ideal. He No more no more three-point shooting in, in that high of totals. Like, you want to take five, fine, but not 10. Nope, nope. But here's the thing. His defense is nuts. He's a very, 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 very good on-ball defender. His off-the-ball defense isn't the same as Marcus's, but it's still not bad and better than most, if not the second best on the team. The guys like to play with him. You can see that he's already a big part of the team's closing lineup replacing Al Horford. The fans gave him a huge ovation. I was so proud of Celtics fans because I thought half of these people have no idea who this guy is, but they gave him a huge standing ovation when he first checked in. He said after the game he got goosebumps, 
bravo, job well done. You cannot be upset with what you saw from Derek White so far. As long as he's not taking 10 three-pointers per game, we Gucci. I love, you know, is that what, do kids still say that? We Gucci? Do they? Anyone? No? Okay, maybe they don't. Maybe I'll just stop doing it. But end of the day, I'm really happy with what I've seen from Derek White so far. I thought he was very impressive. And if he keeps playing like this going forward, a lot of people, as much as I loved Josh Richardson on this team, a lot of people are going to forget about Josh Richardson very, very soon. And the dud of the week, Jalen Brown. No questions asked. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Yes, I know he had 22 points and 9 assists and 7 rebounds. And I know the 9 assists from him is absolutely insane. But that was against the Brooklyn Nets, who didn't have Kyrie, who didn't have Durant or Aldridge or Harden. And so, wow, really not impressive there. Jalen Brown was awful versus the Nuggets. God awful versus the Nuggets. 4 of 17 from the field, 0 of 6 from 3, 4 of 7 from the free throw line. His defense wasn't that great either. Then against the Hawks yesterday, 6 of 16 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 4, tur- four turnovers. Just terrible. But he's going through a slump right now, and that happens. I mean, Jason Tatum went through a slump earlier in the year. You know, people were trying to come up with excuses. It, it, some of the excuses that people came up with for Jason Tatum for his slump were some of the dumbest things like, oh, because the NBA is using a new ball this year, it's not the same shot. Shut up. If you're that good of a fucking NBA player, you should be able to shoot a goddamn it doesn't matter the basketball that, that you're shooting with. It's absolutely ridiculous that people try and defend Jason Tatum that much. He's in a slump, and right now Jason Tatum's uh, Jalen Brown's in a slump. That happens. You can't be upset about that, but it is very noticeable how poorly Jalen has played the last two games, and I'm so sick of his dribbling. Oh, my God. I, I I know I say it all the time, folks, if you listen to this podcast, but I'm so sick of it. I am so sick of Jalen Brown's turnovers they, and his ball handling skills and his dribbling. They drive me nuts. The less Jalen Brown dribbles and the quicker he gets to the basket, better things happen for the Boston Celtics, and he's just not doing that right now. But we need him to come back to life before Tuesday against the 76ers. If he doesn't, if, you know, if that doesn't happen, it's not ideal, it's okay. And then he'll have eight days off from the All-Star break to get himself right, to refocus, and that'll be that. So episode 143, uh, 153, your stud of the week, Derek White, your dud of the week, is Jalen Brown. Now, I just talked about, I don't know, five or six minutes ago, my Instagram story, and that's going to be the main topic of the podcast today. January 21st, as you may know, after every Celtics game on my Instagram, at Banner Banter Podcast, I do quick little game recaps to kind of keep people in the loop. And then after the Celtics lost to the Portland Trailblazers at home at TD Garden on January 21st, I just wrote Celtics stink. That's all that I wrote. They lost to the Hornets that week at home. It was an important game. They got blown out. Then they lost to the Trailblazers who didn't have Dame Lillard and a couple other starters, and it was one of the worst defensive teams in the league, and I was very angry. And within those last 15, or within that like 15-game range, basically from Christmas to this Portland Trailblazers game on January 21st, they were 7-8. and eight. It just seemed like they could not only... I, just thinking about that time is just so frustrating, and it really seemed like they could only beat teams that really sucked or had all their guys hurt. And then the Trailblazers game happened, and that had both... And it just didn't work out. But since that point, my reverse jinx worked. You're welcome. They're 10 and 1 in the last 11 games since I wrote Celtic Stink. So let's break down what has happened. First off, Ime Adoka has shortened his rotation from about 10 to 11 guys down to 8. Not ideal for the legs later in the season, but it has helped for sure. They're holding their opponents to 93 points a game during this 11 game run. They have 
they've all bought into the fact that the face of this team is not Jason Tatum, it's their defense. Opponents are shooting 38% from the field, 28% from three, and they're forcing over 13 turnovers a game. They're averaging seven steals a game, almost seven blocks a game during this run too. It's insane. And the best part is they're getting better looks. They're shooting 46% from the field. They're averaging 26 assists per game. And what have I said for at least the last two seasons? I think this is season four of this podcast. And for the last two seasons, I say, if you have 25 assists or more, it's going to beat, it's going to be very tough to beat the Boston Celtics. If the Boston Celtics can get 25, 26, 27, 28 assists a game, teams are going to have a very, very, very hard time to beat you. And look what they've done. Over the last 11 games, they're averaging 26 assists per game, and they're 10-1. and one. It's not rocket science. Their defense, I mean, uh, their rebounding has been unreal too, averaging 52 a game. Now, to compare that to the 15-game run where they went 7-8, and eight, they allowed 103 points per game. So that's, they're now allowing 10 less points a game, and they only had 23 assists. So the ball movement also went up. Holy shit, what a concept. Move the ball around, get easy shots, play defense, and you can win some fucking basketball games. Opponents were shooting 44%. Now they're shooting 38. Opponents were shooting 33% from three, and now they're shooting uh, 28% from three. It's crazy. They have the best record in the NBA in these last 11 games, tied with the Phoenix Suns, who are also 10-1. and Now, are they there yet? I don't know. There's still 24 games left to play. During this run, they're still 16th in the league in field goal percentage. Uh, Again, not great. 22nd in three points percentage. Again, not great. So shooting needs to be added in the buyout market for sure. I think Brad Stevens realizes that, but just wanted to kind of get under the luxury tax and really make sure that there was a core going forward because going forward, you're going to have, at least for the next three years, you're going to have Smart, White, Brown, Tatum, and Time Lord. You really can't be upset about that in any way, shape, or form. But if this team can keep playing the defense like this and keep rebounding the ball like this, which is also second best in the league in these last 11 games, they're literally five rebounds per game ahead of the third-place team, which is the New York Knicks. They're top 10 in assists, top 2 in blocks in this 11-game run. Now, the defense can be talked to, like, what am I going to try and say here? The defense cannot be talked about enough. It really can't. The defensive rating in the last 11 games is 94.9, which I know I just mentioned a little bit ago. That's, folks, just thinking about this defense. Sorry, my brain just shut off. But thinking about this defense, I, I, can't, I can't even like talk about it because it just makes me so happy because everyone's bought in. It's just not Rob and Marcus. Jason's defense has gotten better. Jalen's defense has gotten better. Then you bring in Derek White. Al Horford's doing great things. Number 12's defending the ball well at times. Like, it's it's very impressive what they're doing. And then you have Daniel Tice coming in the mix as well, which is only going to help this defense because he already knows how to play with these guys. He's a very, local, uh, very vocal guy. Like, the defensive rating in the last 11 games, 94.9. Second best team during these 11 games is the Cavaliers at 104.9. They are literally 10 percentage points better than the second best team in the NBA in defense right now. That's insane. They're only allowing 11, uh, 41 points per game in the paint, which is second best in the league. And they're getting back on defense. They're only allowing 11, uh, no, less than 11 points per game on the fast break. Now, this isn't going to last forever, but if they can keep that 
at 100 or 102 for a defensive rating the rest of the way, they can do something really special in the playoffs, especially when the game slows down in the playoffs because you do not want to set up or have the Celtics set up their half-court defense. You're screwed. Mike Ballone, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, set it before the game. You have to run against the Boston Celtics. If you let them set up their half-court defense, you're screwed. And they know that. It's insane. It's crazy. But, folks... I don't think you understand how insane a 94.9 defensive rating is in the NBA. Second best team in the league is 104.9 in the in this 11-game run. It's absolutely banana land. The Celtics are beating teams because of their defense. They're getting easier looks. The ball movement is there. And it's all because I said the Celtics stink on January 24th, uh, January 21st. So you're welcome. I, I, I just can't get over this. The defense has been so fucking good. It's just been so good. But let's preview the upcoming games for this week, uh, folks. Like, right away, Tuesday night is the most important game of the season. No questions asked. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. If you think there's any other important game of the year, you're lying to yourself. But as of right now, Tuesday night in Philadelphia at 7 o'clock, or maybe it's 7.30. Either way, it's Tuesday night, somewhere between the 7 and 7.30 range. The most important game of the year. Seriously. It's in Philadelphia, and it's James Harden's first game with the team. So the place is going to go nuts. And for those of you that live under a rock, James Harden got traded to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, a couple other players, doesn't matter. But it's really Ben Simmons is going to be in Brooklyn. James Harden is going to be in Philadelphia. So the place is already going to go nuts because of that. So you're already at a disadvantage. And before we talk about Joel Embiid, we have to talk about how other people outside of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum need to step up offensively in this basketball game. We know the defense is going to be there. We've seen that in the last 11 games. I mean, we've really seen it all season. Their defense has been fine, but these last 11 games, 94.9 defensive rating. Oh my God, I could talk about it all day. But folks, this game against Philadelphia 76ers, we need Marcus to set up offensively. Uh, That scares me. Like shooting wise, he's been great dishing the ball out. Derek White needs to step up. Al Horford needs to step up. Time Lord needs to step up. Peyton Pritchard needs to step up. Number 12 needs to step up. Like, All of it. In the last two games, Jason Tatum has shot a combined 14 of 34 from the field and 3 of 11 from 3 against Philadelphia 76ers. Jalen Brown, in the last two games, have shot a combined 16 of 40 from the field and 4 of 13 from 3. So your two best players are shooting 30 out of 74 against the Philadelphia 76ers. They have very good defenders on this team. Danny Green, Mattis Thibel, Tatum can't be cute in this game with his dribble-dribble step back, la da 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 He has to put his head down and drive to the rim. I need at least 15 combined free throws from Jalen and Jason in this game, at least. And Jalen has to start making his free throws. Oh, my God. Thinking about Jalen Brown and his free throw shooting against the Nuggets the other night in a very close game, I think he went 4 of 7. Oh, my God. And I think he missed all of them in the fourth quarter, or at least two of them in the fourth quarter. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It was insane. By the way, the crowd on Friday night at the Garden, loudest it's been all year, outside of the Lakers game. It was wild in there. I was all about it. It, You can kind of feel the vibe coming back in TD Garden for this Boston Celtics team. But this Boston Celtics team has to continue rebounding. Tatum earlier this season when they did beat the 76ers had 16 rebounds. Now, would that be nice? Sure. But it has to be double digits. Someone has to help Rob and Allen side on the boards. The Celtics are the second best rebounding team in the league. The 76ers are last. That has to stay the same. 
the Celtics are getting almost 20 rebounds more per game than the 76ers. That's insane to think about. It really is. So Tatum and Brown, if they go off, if if they can get 15 free throws and Rob and Al and Tatum and Jalen and Marcus and Derek and basic and number 12, everyone can rebound the ball. You can beat this Philadelphia 76ers team as long as the MVP doesn't go off. So let's talk about Joel Embiid. First time these two teams played, Rob and Al were healthy and Bede went 3 of 17. The next time they played without Al and Rob and Bede dropped 41. Joel Embiid is the MVP in the NBA right now in my eyes. He's playing some of the best basketball he's ever played, and he's done it all without Ben Simmons, which was a huge question mark going into this season. Can Joel Embiid carry this Philadelphia 76ers team? And he has. He's averaging 29 points per game this season, 11 boards, 4 assists. He's a physical force that we haven't seen in the post in the NBA in a while. I'm not saying ever, just in a while. When the game has kind of shifted outside the paint, Joel Embiid's trying to change that. In their last 10 games, Joel Embiid is dropping 33 points and 13 boards a game. So if you can control Joel Embiid, you dominate the boards, don't let Tobias Harris get hot shooting the three. Get back to help Tyrese Maxey because Tyrese Maxey, when he gets rebounds, he just gets it and goes. But then you also have to be aware, afraid, whatever you want to call it, of James Harden in the pick and roll. He can find guys, one of the best passers in the league. I mean, he was averaging double-digit assists with the Nets. And I think Kyrie and James Harden and Durant only played like 16 games together or something. It was something stupid and something ridiculous. But very important game for the Celtics. They've they've beat some good teams. You know, beating the Nuggets, nice. Beating the Heat, nice. Beating the Hawks, nice. You know, the Heat didn't have three of their best players. The Hawks didn't have John Collins. The Philadelphia 76ers are pretty are pretty healthy. Beat this team. Make this run worth it. Now, if they lose, there's no need to jump off a cliff either. But this is a very important game that the Boston Celtics need to win. And then on Wednesday night, second night of a back-to-back against the Pistons, 7.30 at TD Garden. I mean, you're playing the worst team in the NBA record-wise. They've lost seven games in a row. Just don't play down to them. Whether you win or lose in Philly, just keep doing what you've been doing. The last time these two teams played, the Celtics only scored 18 points in the second quarter. It was a, an infuriating second quarter. But at the same time, they also only allowed 15 points. So they still won the quarter, 18-15. to 15. So you can't complain too much. But just come in right away in this game, whether you win or lose, and just kick the shit out of them right in the first half. And then you can go enjoy the All-Star break. That's just how it's got to go. So congratulations to the Celtics for the for winning eight games in a row, 10 out of 11, 94.9 defensive rating. Just absolutely banana land. Absolutely banana land. Really happy for them. Hopefully it can continue. Thank you so much for listening to episode 153 of the Banner Bench Podcast. I'll be back next week recapping the All-Star game and previewing the three games that the Celtics have after the All-Star break. Thanks so much for listening. As always, really appreciate it. You know, Go like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, etc., etc. That helps me help you make this podcast better and better every single week. Have a great week. Please stay safe. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans. 
Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.